Christians, we're going to have a tough time getting other people to want to be Christians if we look like the most miserable bunch of people in the world. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have bad days, but you know what? That's what we got to think about what Jesus has done for us. Think about the fact that He died on the cross. He saved us. We have a chance that we're able to go to heaven. And that's something to smile about right there. So I hope that, I hope that you will be that way. Go to the book of John this morning. The book of John. I want to read one verse to you here. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Good Lord, I thank You so much for the joy that You give us and for all that we have to be joyful about. Lord, even if we didn't have anything, if we lost everything tomorrow, Lord, the fact that we can know that we have eternal life and that we can have salvation. Lord, that's enough. That ought to be enough to make anybody joyful. And I pray you will help us to be joyful people like you want us to. In your name we pray. Amen. This verse here, it says that it starts out talking about a thief. It says a thief, he is just planning on doing bad. He's coming to steal. He's coming to kill. He's coming to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. He said, I'm not, you know, a lot of people, boy, when it comes to Christianity and it comes to the Word of God, they look at it as just all these rules and things and they think it's just hard and it's miserable and, boy, I wouldn't want to be a Christian. But I'm here to tell you that if that's their mindset, they've, they've got it all wrong. They, they don't understand just what all these things are there for. In fact, these rules and things that are there that people seem to hate so much are there so we can have a more abundant life or a more fulfilling life or a joyful life. And the title of my message today is just simply this, Enjoy Life. Enjoy Life. 
Now I know when somebody these days tells you to enjoy life, usually that means just go ahead and do whatever you feel like doing. If it feels good, do it. Whatever makes you feel joyful, you know, just do it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about doing it the biblical way because that's where the real joy is at. If you just go and do whatever you want to, whatever your flesh desires, it's only going to lead to misery. It's only going to lead to destruction. That's why we see so much unhappiness and things that we do in the world today. People have gotten away from the Word of God. They're following after the lust of the flesh. But we're going to look at how the Bible says to enjoy life. And there's a verse in the Bible that I love where it says the commandments of God are not grievous. In other words, they're not something that should make us miserable. They're not something that should be discouraging. In fact, we ought to be excited by them. Men like David, they were. They loved the law of God. In God's law, it is good. And so we're going to look at some of the things that God specifically told us to enjoy. Our God is not a God that's up there just watching us, trying to wait for us to do something so He can hit us with a bolt of lightning. Okay, That's not the way He is. Our God is in heaven watching us, wanting us to have an abundant, fulfilling life. He's given us His Word that has told us how we can do that. And so we're just going to look at a few things today. We don't have time to go through everything. But I want us to look at a few things that God told us to enjoy today. And one of those things is God wants you to enjoy your wife. He wants you to enjoy your wife. Now I know a lot of people... I remember when I... Uh, when I got engaged, I was working at the Walmart distribution center. And I remember when I told the guys there I was getting married, I had all these guys, what's wrong with you? Man, don't, you don't want to get married? I was only 20 years old. Like, you're only 20 years old. Man, don't get married. Don't do that. There is, and they, I'm hearing all these horror stories. And let me tell you, some of these guys, they had some horror stories they could tell. They, had, they weren't enjoying their wife. And I and but I was like, no, I'm getting married. I'm, you know, I got married, and you know what? I've enjoyed it. And the problem is, these guys they weren't really doing things the biblical way. Therefore, marriage wasn't going real well for them. And I tell you, boy, it is important that you get the right one. All right, guys and ladies too. It's important you get the right guy. But you want to you want to enjoy your wife. I heard somebody say one time, the first year of marriage, the you know the man speaks. And the wife listens. The second year of marriage, the wife speaks and the man listens. The third year of marriage, the man and wife speak and the neighbors listen. But hopefully, that, hopefully that's not true in your case. But I, but you know, marriage isn't supposed to be all bad. Marriage is supposed to be something that we enjoy, and and this is how God said to do it. Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-four. Therefore, this is after God made Eve. God made that first wife. God made man. And God had made everything in this universe and He said it was good, but He makes man and He said it's not good that man should be alone. And God makes a woman for Adam and He says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. You know the way you enjoy your wife today? Is by leaving and cleaving. You know, when I got married, I I thank God that... We didn't continue living with my parents. Now listen, I, I love my parents. I still love my parents. I, I, had, I had a good home life. I enjoyed living at home. But you know what? I thank God I still don't live with my mom and dad. I thank God that uh, I've got my own house. That I've got my own family. And that I still don't have to get permission, you know, when I can, uh, you know, what time I have to be home and, you know, and where I can take my wife. And I'm glad I don't have that. 
You know, I'm telling you, there just comes a point in every man's life where you know he needs to be his own man. He needs to get out. It's not going to work forever. It's just not the way it's meant to work. And I'm, I tell you, I'll never forget when when I left home and when me and my wife, when we got married and we uh, we left together for the first time and we started our own family. What a great day that was. And I enjoyed it. And you know, we did a lot of cleaving too. That's a good thing to do. We became very close. And we've, uh, we've enjoyed our marriage. Another way God said to enjoy your wife is uh, and to rejoice in your wife is also, I know in this day and age in our culture, this doesn't seem like a good thing, but also, we need to enjoy each other by having children. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 18 says, uh, let's see if I can find it here. Proverbs 5 verse 18 says, Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. That passage there, it's saying that in verse 18, what that's talking about is having children. That's, you know what? Children are a blessing. Children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. I'm thankful for my five children. I know these days it's, it, that sounds like a lot of kids. But let me tell you, I, I am so thankful for my children. They bring a great deal of joy. Yes, there are some challenges. Let me tell you, you got five kids. There's always going to be one that's being bad. There's always going to be one that's you know causing trouble. Sometimes it's all five of them. But I'm here to tell you that I love my kids. I enjoy my children. We have we have a lot of fun. They are a gift from God. And I'm thankful for them. And that's one of the things that me and my wife that's made us closer than anything is one thing that we have that we have together is these children. They are our children. And I'm thankful for them. I'm glad I didn't marry anybody else because that I wouldn't have these children. There's something about them. They help bring that couple closer together. And boy, what a wonderful blessing it is. Also, we enjoy our wife or our husband by working together. Genesis 2.18, God said, I, and the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. God wanted them to help each other. He wanted them to work together. I'm telling you, it's not good in a home when the Man's going one way and the woman's going another way. The man's a Baptist and the wife's a Catholic. Those kind of things don't work real good. That's why we encourage young people not to be unequally yoked like the Bible talks about. And if you're a Christian, you need to marry a Christian. Otherwise, you're going to have some strife. There's going to be some. There's going to be some problems. You've got to be able to work together. You got to be able to work together raising the kids. If I'm telling my kids they can't do something and then the mom's telling them they can and vice versa and they're using that against each other, it's just going to cause fighting between us. It's going to cause our kids to get all goofed up. I'm telling you uh, that we're supposed to work together. I'm thankful for my wife. She helps. She's helped with uh, me work in this church as a pastor. I'd be in big trouble without her. And I think you all know that. She adds a lot to the service with her music and things. If it was just me singing, you wouldn't want to hear it that often. The services wouldn't be as enjoyable, but God has He's completed me with her. And the way I see it, a compliment on my, to my, on my wife is a compliment to me. And also an insult. 
to my wife is an insult to me. I hope I can't come to you and insult your wife and say how much I don't like your wife and us just be buddies because of it. All right, hopefully that would offend you and make me mad and maybe even take make you take a swing at me. All right, that'd probably be okay. But I'm here to tell you we're working we're working together. And that's how we enjoy that's how we enjoy our wife and how we enjoy our relationship as a husband and wife. But also God wants you to enjoy your children. He wants you to enjoy your children. You know, many people these days, I just can't wait to get those kids out of the house. Okay, you know, and listen, me and my wife, we've got big plans that, you know, when our last one gets married, man, we're planning a big trip to Israel. Alright, that that's kind of our goal. That's what we want to do. I don't know if it'll happen, but that's the plan. And all right, now that doesn't necessarily mean we're glad to get rid of them. Okay? I love my kids and but that is part of raising them. We know that someday they're going to be gone. And that's fine. But you know what? You ought to enjoy your children. And you know how you do it? One way you do it is, biblically, is by training. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Training your children. thats I tell you, it's an enjoyable thing. Teaching them how to do things. Teach you've got you've got to teach your boys how to be good husbands. You got to teach them how to be good workers. You know, moms, you got to teach your daughters how to be good wives and how to be good mothers. You have to teach them those things. You have to show them. You have to train them. And when you do, the Bible says, when they're old, they will not depart from it. So you need we need to enjoy them by training. We need to train them in the things of God. It's important that we teach them that by example that. You need to go. You need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. It's good if they see mom and dad read their Bible. It's good if they see mom and dad praying. It's good if they see mom and dad faithful to the house of God. Those kind of things are training them, and they're important. We ought uh, we ought to train them. Uh, another way that we train them is through discipline. All right. Now listen. Then I think. Well, how's that enjoying your children? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't enjoy. I don't necessarily enjoy disciplining my children. But yet, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're supposed, we're supposed to train them. We're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to nurture them. And in Proverbs 3, 12, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Alright, now y'all, Know what correction means? My dad, he believed in correction, and correction that I usually got usually hurt a little bit. All right, now I know that's not popular in this day and age, but I thank God that he corrected me in the biblical way. He didn't believe in sparing the rod, and uh, he he was very faithful to that. But you know, listen to what it says. It says, "For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth, in whom he delighteth." I don't know about you, but I delight. In my children, I get pleasure from my children. I enjoy watching them grow up. I enjoy watching them do good things. I enjoy watching them learn. It's exciting when they learn something new in school. You know, they start to learn how to multiply and divide, and they're showing you these things. My daughter Chloe, she's learning how to write letters and things now. And the other day, she came and she was showing me the letters that she wrote. And you know, and I and I delight in that. I get joy in seeing them learn things. And if I delight in my children, one of the things that I'm going to do because I enjoy to see them learn is I'm going to correct them. I'm going, I'm going to punish them. 
if they're if they're continually doing things wrong, I mean, I know I know in this day and age this might be popular, but if my you know, Tommy, he's ten years old. If he comes up to me and he's like, Dad, look what I learned today. I learned that two plus two is five. And I'm like, Well man, that's just great, son. You're just so smart. You're doing great. You're brilliant, and I'm just buttering him up. Thinking, wait a minute, he didn't learn. You need to correct him. You need to show him that no, he did something wrong. But wait a minute, I might hurt his feelings. I might damage his psyche. I might I might make him feel bad. I can't I can't do that. I'm just going to support them. I'm just going to support my children. No, if I delight my children, I delight it when they learn. And so if they do it wrong, I'm going to correct them. You know, the teachers in schools these days, you know, they say, you know, they try not to let a lot of schools, they won't let their teachers write with red ink because that just looks too negative. And it makes the kids feel bad. And no, a teacher that delights in their student, they're going to delight in seeing them learn. And they're going to correct them. And a father and a parent, they enjoy training their children and they delight in them by doing those things. And I know that part's not fun, but it's a joy when you see them learn. When you see them learn their lesson. You know, because I don't know about you, I want to punish my, I'm going to, I want to punish my children now when they do things and take care of things now and try to build some character in them now while the biggest trouble that they can get into is maybe going and pulling their sister's hair or, or back talking. Me. If I can get those things under control, then maybe I won't have to worry about him someday maybe roughing up his wife or beating up his girlfriend or maybe mouthing off or back talking to a police or a judge. If I can teach him respect for his sister and if I can teach him respect for his parents, then I don't have to worry about those things. I can't imagine seeing my child hauled off to jail or to prison. I wouldn't get delight in that. And God's told us how to correct them in the Bible. It's there, and we're supposed to train them. But not just in the things of life. You know what? We need to enjoy our children by training them in things like sports, fishing, hunting, whatever your you know, if your kids have hobbies, parents, you know, even grandparents, get involved in those things. Enjoy those things with them. You say, Well, that's not really my thing. Well, that's okay. You don't have to do it because it's your thing. You ought to do it because you enjoy training your children. If they're trying to learn how to do something, learn with them. Get involved. Cheer them on. Cheer them on at ball games. Enjoy them by supporting them. I love seeing parents, you know, get excited at the ball games when their kid does something great. They could sit there and somebody else's kid could make the game winning shot and they don't really care. Because you know what? They're not there for the team. They're there for that one kid. But when that one kid does something great, maybe they get lucky and sink a free throw. But that parent just goes nuts. You know why? Because that's their child and they're enjoying them. They're supporting them. And they're encouraging them. The kid could have the worst game. He could make the game-winning shot in the wrong basket. And the parent, boy, they're just... They're proud of death of their kid. They're going to support them because they love them. Just the other day, we were at a basketball tournament, uh, at a volleyball tournament for uh, the school that I, I used to teach at. And I remember uh, a brother and sister, they got the MVP, one for the basketball, and the sister got it for the volleyball. And I remember looking at the parents, and they weren't really, you know, they weren't like, you know, doing nothing crazy, but you could tell the buttons were about to pop off their shirts. And I love that kind of thing. That's, that's good. That's the way it ought to be. And we ought to, we ought to cheer them on. We ought to talk about their interests and hobbies. Get involved. Work with them together on things. Help them accomplish things. These things bring joy. 
They bring, they bring pleasure. It's the way that we enjoy our children. But some people these days, they're so concerned about their own things that they want to do that anything that their kid's involved in, it just takes away from their me time. And let me tell you, that's not enjoying your children. That's not the way it works. We need to enjoy them. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your children. This is another big one that people aren't enjoying. And you should. God wants you to. You ought to enjoy your occupation. You ought to enjoy your occupation. I hate my job. I mean, it's, it's horrible. You obviously don't hate it too much or you wouldn't keep going there. Obviously, that paycheck sometimes can make something that's unenjoyable worth doing. I'm not saying that work's all got to be fun. I've worked some jobs before that were hard, where I mean I would sweat like crazy and where I would just get tired out of my mind. But you know what? Here's how you enjoy your occupation. Go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 12. Go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 12. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kinda jump around, but I want you to stay there. God actually is command, He's commanding the children of Israel basically to enjoy their occupation, and He tells them how to do that, what way to do that. But before we read in Deuteronomy 12, I want to read a passage to you. 1 Corinthians 7.20 says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also is he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. I'm here to tell you today that everybody in this room, God has called them to do something. You may be doing it. You may not be doing it. God doesn't just call people into ministries and pastors and things like that. God calls plumbers. God calls electricians. God calls cooks. God calls people. God's got something He's wanting you to do. And He's got something out there that He has for you. And God wants you to abide in that calling. And He says not to be the servants of men. He says if you're a servant of the Lord, you're free. But don't become the servant of men. So how do I know if I'm serving God or if I'm serving man? Well, in Deuteronomy, we see a passage where God basically tells them how to enjoy their occupation. And if you're not able to enjoy your occupation, then either you're not in the calling that God has called you in, or you're just not doing things the way He told you to do them. But Deuteronomy 12.1 says, these are the statutes and the judgments which he shall observe to do in the land which the Lord, uh, which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess in all the days that ye live upon the earth. So God says, I'm about to give you some rules here. I'm about to give you some laws that I want you to follow. And then if you jump down to verse 6, it says, And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and your heath offerings of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the first thing of your herds of your flocks. God said, and there's many passages, in this. in verse 7, He repeats it. And also in verse 18, He says, but He tells them, I want you to be faithful to come and bring your sacrifices. And he says, I want you to bring your tithes. Now I know that's a word that people don't like, but that was talking about a tenth. That they would give a tenth of what they had to the house of God or to the work of the Lord. 
And this was supposed to be enjoyable for them. In fact, it was an enjoyable time for them because these people understood everything that I have brought in, that everything that I have, this is what God has prospered me in. God has blessed me in this. And God had commanded all I want. I've given you all of it. But I want you to give back a tenth. And they would do that and it was an enjoyable thing. The bigger or the more that they had, the bigger that tenth was. And the bigger that tenth was, the more exciting it was for them to give. God wants us to give to the work of the Lord, and that should be an enjoyable thing. That runs a lot that kind of preaching runs a lot of people off from a lot of churches these days. They don't want to do that. It's all about theirs, but I'm here to tell you that nobody enjoys their money more than a person who is generous with it. Those people seem to be the happiest. And God knew that, and God wanted them to enjoy it. And he said, I want you to bring your tithes. So we rejoice and we enjoy our occupation. By tithing, you say, Well, I can't afford to do that. It's impossible for me to do that. Well, then maybe you're in the wrong occupation. Or maybe you're using the money that God has provided in that occupation in the wrong way. That ought to be a goal, a financial goal for everybody, is to be able to tithe. I believe that. It's throughout the Bible. And then also, he said, I want you to rejoice by paying your bills. What? Paying my bills? That's not fun. I hate paying bills. Well, let me tell you, I, mean, I, mean, no, I guess nobody enjoys paying bills, but do you enjoy the service that you are paying for? I don't like paying my cell phone. But you know what? I could get rid of my cell phone bill tomorrow. I get rid of the cell phone. Call and cancel it. But no, I enjoy using the cell phone. I need it. Therefore, if I'm going to do that, I ought to pay the bill. So, you know, I enjoy having electricity. I enjoy having gas, especially this time of year. I like having a warm house in the wintertime. And you know what? I should pay... I should pay the bill. I agreed. I called them up. When we moved to this area, I called, I called up NICOR. I called up ComEd. I called up, I called up all these different companies. I called AT&T. I said, hey, I want phone. I want gas. I want electricity. I, I, I called them. We made agreements. And it says also here in verse 6, it says in your tithes and your heave offerings of your hand and your vows. We made an agreement. I should pay my bills. I should do that. I ought to pay it. I made an agreement with these people. I owe them money. I ought to pay them. I made I made promises. A guy came out here yesterday to or on Friday to plow the driveway. We had made an agreement for so much money. And I remember he was like all excited. I think it almost surprised him. While while he was out there plowing, I went out there and took him a check because it's like a lot of times these guys got to go and beg for the money that people owe them. Let me tell you, that's not what we ought to do as Christians. We ought to pay. We ought to pay what we owe. We ought to, re- and we ought to rejoice by paying our bills. He said, "I don't enjoy my bills, but you enjoy the things that you're paying the bill for." And when you pay, and when you do that, you're following what God wants you to do. Also, we rejoice by being a blessing. Now, this amount God didn't give an amount. It's between the individual and God. But you know what? Right? It says uh, also. It says uh, I said your tithes, your heave offerings of your hand, your vows, and your free will offerings. Sometimes God just leaves things up to us. God doesn't say you know give this much. He he told he gave us a number when it comes to tithing. But other things, he said it's just up to you. It's your free will offering. But by the way, whoso soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, but whoso soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. But that's still up to you. 
And God said, I want you to do that. Be a blessing. It's, it's good to be a blessing to other people sometimes. You know, it doesn't hurt every now and then maybe to just, you know, you know, some, you see somebody in need, they're struggling, and just to help them out. Maybe even somebody you don't even know. Pay, pay their bill, pay, pay for their meal for them. Pay for somebody's gas. Just some kind of random thing like that. I tell you, that stuff, it, it does, I mean, it's, it'll make the world a better place. You know, it's just really hard when somebody does something nice to you. They just want to turn around and do something mean to somebody else. But boy, it's easy when somebody does something mean to you. I remember when I got the gas siphon out of my car the other day. You know, my first reaction is, alright, whose gas am I getting? Because, <laughs> you know, I didn't do it. But that's this kind of reaction. That's what a lot of people do. And, that's, and when you do something good, people think, man, I ought to do that for somebody else. And that kind of thing can spread. And we ought to be the ones initiating that as God's people. We ought to be the ones trying to make the difference. But you know, you cannot be a cheerful giver. God, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And 2 Corinthians 9.6, that verse I was quoting from, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves it when He sees you doing it and enjoying it. Let me tell you, my kids, there's things that they do because I tell them to do. And and when they're doing it, you can tell they're not really getting a thrill out of it. You know, most my kids usually, if you tell them to go clean their room, they'll go clean their room. But boy, you just you don't sing, hear them singing whistle while you work and just having a good time about it. It's kind of a depressing thing for them. They'll sometimes have a bad attitude about it. But boy, it's a whole lot better when you see your children doing things and they're doing it with a cheerful attitude. They're doing it with a good spirit. Maybe they even do it and you didn't even tell them to. That's exciting. And God loves to see that with us where He doesn't have to be trying to make us do the right thing. We're doing it on our own all by ourselves, and enjoying it. God loves it, the Bible says. He loves it. And when God sees that and He sees your heart, God is going to bless that. So God told him. He said rejoice by being a blessing. And also, God wants you to rejoice and you'll like this one. This one, this one you'll like. Rejoice by eating the fruit of your labor. He says in verse 7, And there shall ye eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. He said, I want you to go and I want you to eat. And I want you to eat before me. And I want you to enjoy it. And I want you to enjoy the things that I bless you with. Also in verse 18, he said, And thou shalt rejoice before thy Lord thy God and all that thou puttest thy hands unto. In other words, God wants us to enjoy in the work. Listen, if you've got a good job and the Lord blesses you, listen, I'm not one of these people that believes, you know, if God's blessed you and you have more than you need, that you need to go and, you know, the government needs to take it all from you and give it to somebody else. God says, I want you to enjoy it. Enjoy what you put your hand into. If the Lord has given you and you're able to go buy a new car, Go get it and enjoy it. And God said to do that. Enjoy it. It's okay. Have have that nice meal sometime. If you're doing the things that He said, if you're these other things that He mentioned the tithing, He mentioned the paying your vows or your bills, He mentioned being a blessing. If you're doing those things, and then you can go and take a vacation or something like that. God said, I want you to enjoy 
what you put your hands to. If you've worked to accomplish something, I want you to enjoy it. God said to do that. I don't know about you, but I'm okay with that command. Some of those other ones might not be as exciting, but that's a good one. But God wants you to enjoy your job. He wants you to enjoy your occupation. He also said rejoice. And then verse 19, after He goes through all these things, said, I want you to do all these things. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to enjoy the fruit. I want you to eat the fruit. I don't want you starving so you can go give to everybody else. No, I want you to eat. I want you to be full. I want you to enjoy it. And then, But then in verse 19, He said, Take heed to thyself. He said, Take heed. Pay attention to this. That thou... Forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. The Levites, they were one of the twelve tribes of Israel. This tribe, their sole purpose was for serving in the house of God. Serving in the temple. They were the ones that did the sacrifice. They were the ones that did the work in the house of God. They didn't have an inheritance with the rest of them. They didn't have their own land. They didn't have a lot of those things. They had given their lives to the service of God. And God said He gave the responsibility of the other 11 tribes to take care of them. He said, I want you to take care of the Levite. That is your job. Don't forget about them. You take care of them. Let me tell you, as a church and as people, God wants us to rejoice by taking care of the servants of God. We're going to have missionaries come through this church. People that have given their life and they've left their homes to go and serve God in foreign lands. We don't want to forget about those people. While we're living here and being blessed in America, and while we're enjoying the luxuries of America, and that's okay. God does not have a problem with that. But we don't want to forget about people that are serving God. As Americans, we shouldn't forget about our soldiers who are over fighting for us in foreign countries. And as Christians, we don't want to forget about those who are serving God over in other countries and places like Africa and some of these third world countries. People that have left the luxuries of America to go and serve God in sometimes very dangerous places. We cannot forget about those people. We can't do it. Those people, they depend on people like us. They depend on our support. There's even... there's. In the Philippines right now, Lord's doing a great revival over there. They've, they're actually sending out missionaries to other countries. But you know what? The Philippines is a poor country. A lot of those guys, they come over to America to try to raise support because we're the only people that can afford to send them out to places like that. We don't want to forget about those people. We don't want to forget about them. God has, God has told us you need to take care of God's servants. There's other, uh, you know, the, the pastor of the church. The, uh, if we someday hire assistant pastors and staff here in the church, we've got to make sure that we take care of those people. It, God put that responsibility on us, and He said, "Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget to do that." And we, uh, God commanded it. It's God's way of telling, or God told us to do this to enjoy our occupation. God wants that. He wants you to enjoy it. And then finally, you need to enjoy. You need to enjoy your wife. You need to enjoy your children. You need to enjoy your job. But you, know, you also need to enjoy your God. You need to enjoy your God. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Paul said, Re- Always rejoice in the Lord. Get joy from God. And he, you know where Paul wrote that little bit of Scripture about rejoicing. He said a lot about rejoicing in Philippians. He wrote it from prison. Now, who enjoys prison? The Apostle Paul, he didn't enjoy being in prison, but he did rejoice in the Lord. You might be going through some hard things right now, but let me tell you, we can always rejoice in the Lord. We can enjoy 
our God. We the way we enjoy God, we enjoy God by serving Him, doing what we can for Him, getting involved in the work of the Lord, getting involved in telling other people about Christ. Get when you when you give. So if you give your tithe and you're working 40 hours a week, you spent four of those hours serving God. You say, oh, that's, God wouldn't ask me to do that. that. That's a terrible God. Not near as bad as them bankers and stuff that are making you pay back their loans. You don't mind serving those people. You don't mind serving the cell phone companies. You don't mind serving all you know, the cable companies. You don't mind serving all those people. You're working a lot to pay those bills too. And let me tell you, those people, they're not as... They don't bless you for... Doing what you promised to do. God does. God does. We ought to enjoy Him. We ought to enjoy by serving. We ought to enjoy Him by walking with Him. We walk with God by, one, reading His Word, learning about Him. We walk with God through prayer. When we pray and we ask God for things and we see God answer those prayers that nobody else even knew we were praying for. When we meditate on the things of God, where we actually take the time and we get alone with God and we think about Him and we, we, we study His Word and we pray, we do those things. We're walking with Him. And then also we enjoy God by watching Him in action. Psalms 105 verse 3 says, Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek ye the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works that He hath done, His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. I tell you, I've been doing my best for a long time now to serve the Lord. I've been doing, I've been doing my best. I'm here to tell you that I, I have enjoyed it. There's been times that have been hard. There's been things that have come up that I wish hadn't, that I would have liked it if the Lord would have done some things different. But I'm here to tell you, I've enjoyed serving God. And the reason why is because I, I love watching Him work. I, I believe God's doing a work here. I know. I know He is. And I'm enjoying watching it. It's exciting because I, I know myself well enough and I know people well enough. And I, I, even though I'm just getting to know some of you, I even know you well enough to know that on our own that we can't, we can't do it. We can't make these things happen. We can't fill up a place like this. I, I, I don't even know how we got this building except the fact I know that God did it. God does these things. God is doing the work. God is bringing a people together. God is the one saving folks. God is the one that's changing people's lives. And it's exciting to watch that. It's exciting because it's, it's confirming something that I've always believed that God is real. That God does want to do a work. And when you get to watch Him, I'm telling you that is a very enjoyable thing to do. It's not something that you get sick of. It's something that you want to you want to keep watching. I I love coming to church. I'm always excited to see what God is going to do. I'm anxious to see what He's going to do next. I don't know what it is, but you know what? I'm going to in the meantime I'm going to enjoy God the best I can by serving Him. I'm going to join the best I can by walking with Him, and then I'm just going to wait and watch God continue to do work. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm thank I, I, I'm thankful for the God that we have. He is a good God. I'm thankful for Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that He came. Not just so I wouldn't have to go to hell. I'm thankful I don't have to go to hell. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm glad that this life isn't it. If in this life only we have hope, in Christ we are of all men most miserable, the Bible says. I'm thankful that I have heaven to look forward to. But I'm also thankful... That God has made a way for me to be able to enjoy this life. 
I'm glad I, God didn't put us here so we can live a miserable existence and then then have fun in eternity. No, God wants you to enjoy your life here on this earth too. And He's told us how in His Word. The question is, are we, are we going to do that? Are we going to have faith? Some of these things that we talked about, they might not necessarily sound like fun things. It's a whole lot easier just to send your children to their room make them watch TV instead of training them. That seems more enjoyable, doesn't it? No, that's not how the Bible says to enjoy them. You know, the... Enjoying the occupation. I mean, God wants me to. God wants me to give. God wants me to pay my bills. God wants me to do all those things. Yeah, that's how I enjoy it. Let me tell you, good. You know, you can. So it's no fun paying bills. All right, don't don't pay your bills for a month. Don't pay your bills for two months. Let's see how much fun you're having when the authorities start to come along. When all of a sudden your electricity's not on anymore. When all, when all you got people knocking on your door and bill collectors calling. See how much you enjoy it then. You're not going to enjoy it. God's way is the best way. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. I hope you're having an abundant life right now. If you're not, I hope you will seek after God and do what He's told us to do so you can have that abundant life. So